Hi, I'm Meg Voles, and welcome to Input This. I'm here to share with you a little hack, tip, trick that I picked up for teaching with comprehensible input for storytelling and reading as a class. And I picked this up at TCI, that means Teaching with Comprehensible Input, Chicagoland. If you are in Chicago and you teach with CI or you're interested in getting into it, I definitely recommend this meeting. You can, I guess, email me and I can forward your address. My email is m-p-r-o-s-s-n-i-t-z at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter. I am at Madame Voles, M-A-D-A-M-E-V-O-L-Z. Now I picked this up from Sean Lawler. I would call Sean an OG of teaching with CI. He is amazing at story listening and telling stories. I've seen him do a story listening demo. He really works those Amitabha scripts in an awesome way. And he's also a heavy hitter on Ben Slavic's blog. If you haven't heard of it, Google Ben Slavic blog. It's a private PLC, so you pay $5 a month and then no one has access to the blog because I think they have problems with it in the past. But let me tell you, it is more than worth the $5 a month. Ben has updates. You are... You can comment with this. There's a great community of seasoned and newer teachers who work with comprehensible input. And it's just a great, thoughtful spot on the internet. And it's definitely where a lot of the OGs politic and parlay. So I really recommend it. Here's what Sean did for his whole class reading strategies that I've been using. And I really recommend this if you, like me, are wanting to work in more reading stuff because my students say they don't like reading. That their favorite thing to read is their text messages on their phone. And, um, like, I don't see them a lot carrying books around or anything. So before I delve into a free choice reading program, I'm really trying to embrace little bursts of reading in my classroom. So we write up a story on the board kind of as I'm telling it with a lot of supplementation in the form of body language or gestures or, you know, writing the target language in black marker and underneath in blue marker, the L1 English. We made up a story together. It's about a paragraph long, the ones I've been doing, because I'm writing big. I want them to see in the back of the room. And I just kind of, once I'm towards the, the bottom of the board, it's like I'm, I'm kind of done. And then one thing I saw Sean do that I haven't done before is pointing to the words in TL as I go along and then reading it out loud with the class in English. The reason I like doing this is because it, the effective filter is really low. I think my students' French doesn't look like it sounds... I hear a lot of, I don't read French, it's the beginning of the year, and right now I want them to feel successful. So I don't feel guilty that I'm reading it out loud in English along with them, because if they don't know what the word I'm pointing at means, when I'm saying it out loud with them, it's getting another rep, it's making it comprehensible, it's scaffolding. And another great thing about this reading strategy is that if you get kind of interrupted as you're writing the story, and the story's pretty short, you can say, okay, let's hear it from the top. And it's like a sneaky rep, which I'm a big fan of. 
So I'll read along with them in English. And then what I'll do is drop my voice out on words that I want to hear them say out loud. And I tell them this before. So definitely with more high-frequency verbs that they can imply the meaning of or that I, I think they know by now, like wants, I'll be quiet so I can hear them say it. And then also I'll just drop out my voice on a word where the English version is written underneath it just to kind of build their confidence a little, that they can say out loud what it means in English. So that's a new big thing for me, not feeling guilty for pointing to the French word and reading it out loud in English. And then another one that I saw Sean do, which I thought was cool, he called it a sacred reading. And this to me, it's like a in one mile rep. Stay to the left by 43 North I-94 West Milwaukee downtown. To me, it's like a sneaky rep of more language, and it also is just kind of a break in things. So I had them all put their head down. I said, "Put your head down and just listen." They put their head down, and then I just read the story very slowly, but not not like glacial slowly, but slowly in French. And I said, just listen to the words and let them sink in. And actually for me, this was a good exercise to slow down my own speech because I I have a tendency to go too fast uh, is my weak point. And also they get to put their head down. feels good to just relax for a minute and I just let them hear French. So that was a fun little sneaky rep. Hopefully it was a bit comprehensible for them. It's nice to find ways where you can stretch out the mileage of your story. Stay to the left by 43 um, North, so yeah, I-94 really West, Milwaukee, at the downtown. Language, on the border, on the overhead, read it in English, drop out when you want to hear words. Oh yeah, one more Sean thing that I employed. Continue um, straight for nine minutes to I-43 North, sorry, Green Bay. it's embarrassing. Uh, I'm on my way to CI Midwest and I want input this to be up by then. So here I am recording. Another trick from Sean that I like, like a true false quiz at the end of the story. So I have, before I read this on Martina Beck's, I would have students close their eyes, but really they should probably put their heads down because kids won't all close their eyes and raise their hand if it's true, hand down if it's false. And I try to do this in target language and really simple phrases. Sean did a version where it was clap once if it's true, stomp twice if it's false, or maybe clap twice if it's true, stomp once if it's false. And then he just stated simple phrases. So if you've written a story about, you know, Brandon, let's say you wrote Brandon Brown wants a dog, the first page, Um, you know, Brandon, you could say Brandon wants uh, un serpent, some cognate animal. It's false. Then you say, Brandon wants a dog. Chien. And they get it right. Then, you know, Brandon wants a very, very, very small dog. False. Brandon wants a big dog. True. I do about five of these questions. You get a really quick, awesome glance whether kids got the gist of it or not. And it's no prep. And it's also another sneaky rep if you're doing it in simple target language sentences. So definitely recommend that. Also, check out Ben Slavic's 21 reading options, either in A Natural Approach to the Year, A Natural Approach to Stories, or Google it, because there's some heavy hitters in there that are very helpful. You can also search on YouTube, uh, CI Liftoff 
Ben Slavic reading options because I think Tina has a little video where she shares the favorite ones that she uses. Happy teaching. Bye.